0: man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. is on every day with Herman Cain. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
1: We are America. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone
0: the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us, because we are going to tell you the truth, and we're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed for this better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie, and hey, welcome. Hey, Herman, how are you doing? I am doing fine. Uh, the budget blu- blueprint that they're working on, the R Republican Study Committee, to put out one version that has bigger cuts and more for defense versus the one that was introduced in the House. What goes between these two?
1: Uh, What they're going to do in the House, I think they're going to vote tomorrow is the plan. They're going to start debate today, and then they've come up with this thing. We call it a Queen of the Hill. What it's going to be, Herman, is they will allow votes on two different budget plans from Republicans. The one that was approved last week in the Budget Committee, uh, led by uh, Congressman Tom Price of Georgia, that does not have as much money for defense as a lot of lawmakers want. Then they will vote on another Republican plan that does have extra funding for defense. It goes outside the budget caps, as we call it, to funnel more money through the, uh, the OCO account, which has basically been used for overseas contingencies, as it's known, like Iraq, Afghanistan, and more. And so the, whichever plan gets the most votes will win. It's, a, it's not used often, but we refer to it as a queen of the hill situation in terms of the rule for that debate. So that vote will take place tomorrow. I'm not sure which one is going to win out. There are a number of Republicans that want to spend more on defense, but there are a number of Republicans who also don't want to see the budget deficit go up because this would be done outside of the budget caps, and uh, so we'll have to see what happens tomorrow. It's a, it's an effort clearly by the GOP leadership to try to move this process along. Because look, if they were to run aground this week on the budget, not be able to even pass this non-binding blueprint, which doesn't even have any details in it, is just a just a goal, an overarching sort of outline, uh, that would indicate an awful lot of problems for the GOP this year. They ca- you said they call it Queen of the Hill. Yeah, Queen of the Hill. Okay. So that it's whichever plan gets the most votes wins. Now this is. Sort of like a
0: pseudo-arbitration, but obviously it's not binding. So if those that want to support the RSC budget, uh, they don't win, are they going to say, I'm going to take my ball and go home? Well, there is that thought that the other
1: some one? members might do that and say, you know, hey, um, I, I, I want what I want. You know, uh, I, I want more defense money, and then, geez, if I don't get that, I'm going to vote against this. Or, you know, I want what I want, which is less debt being added you know not as uh, and no going around these budget caps to hold down on spending you know that the differences aren't that much but it is a big deal and actually in the senate uh, budget plan it looks like that the way it was structured accidentally maybe that's it's, uh, it's going to be difficult to keep extra money that's in that plan for defense and it might be struck out on a parliamentary point of order so the republicans having a difficult time just sort of convincing their rank and file look perfect does not exist you just got to move this process along and keep going. I mean, frankly, Herman, I think what's going to have to happen later this year anyway is, in order to get more money into defense, probably we're going to have to have a deal like we had at the end of 2013, which is both sides are going to get a little more money for domestic and a little more money for defense. That's probably the way it's going to happen. Gotcha. Well... Today is Tuesday. They are in until the couple of weeks, the end of next week, right? Uh, No, they'll work this week, and then they're off two weeks, the week before Easter and the week of Easter. That's why all of this is coming down. The House is hoping to approve uh, the budget resolution. The Senate's hoping to do that as well, the budget outline. They also hope to get through this dock fix thing, which uh, a lot of people, their eyes will immediately fuzz over and fall asleep as I talk about this one. But this is a – they're trying to resolve something that they've been kicking the can down the road on for – a number of years. This is an obscure part of a 19, I think it was 97, balanced budget effort from Republicans to try to hold down on Medicare spending, and basically they wanted to suppress the amount of money that in Medicare providers that was paid to doctors. But it never worked right, and they've been trying to patch it year after year. I think they've extended it 17 different times, and so they're finally they've cut a bipartisan deal. Speaker Boehner and Nancy Pelosi have to just get rid of this once and for all, make a few changes in Medicare, and more. It's something that both sides are going to get a little something. It's a classic legislative deal, but there's a lot of grumbling about it from some Republicans and even some Democrats that may be an indicator that it will get through. So the budget and this uh, dock fix thing, two of the big things that they hope to get through the Congress this week.
0: This Operation Choke Point is now going to get some visibility in Congress uh, led by Congressman uh, Sean Duffy. What are you hearing about the investigation of this?
1: You know, I haven't heard anything. I didn't cover that hearing today. So I know they're holding a hearing on it, but I really haven't been checking okay. that out. The, the head of the Secret Service has been up here, and that's been the main thing we've been watching today.
0: Okay. Uh, nothing new there. I understand that uh, they wanted to interview him as well as some of his lieutenants, but he wouldn't allow it.
1: Yeah, this has been a uh, another really bad morning for the Secret Service director. And I'm not sure if this is just, if this is him or if he's getting bad advice. But uh, it's it's starting to look more and more like he's just digging his heels in and refusing to cooperate with the Congress. For example, uh, he has he refused an open, in this open hearing today. He said he would show members any video evidence they have, but he's refusing to turn over any copy of that tape so that the Congress can look at it on their own. Here's a little exchange that the Secret Service chief had with uh, Congressman Trey Gowdy.
0: I will not release a copy of this video at this point. Why not? You- the OIG
1: uh, has an ongoing investigation. Do you think the OIG's responsibilities supersede those of Congress? So I know that they have an ongoing investigation? Well, can't you have simultaneous ongoing investigations? Why can't Congress provide oversight while the IG is investigating? Why do you have to pick and choose? Yeah, so at this point, the Secret Service chief just out now telling the Congress, no, you can't have possession of any of this video surveillance uh, from outside the White House from this March the 4th incident. And also, uh, as you alluded to at the beginning, Herman, the Secret Service chief refusing to allow four officials who were on duty that night to be uh, to be debriefed and questioned by lawmakers in the Congress. They had been invited to this hearing, and the Secret Service chief refused to allow them to come down. He keeps pointing to this investigation that's being uh, done by the Department of Homeland Security, Inspector General. And I don't know, I just get the sense that he, if he doesn't realize what ground he's on and it's shifting quickly under his feet, as one uh, lawmaker observed just a little while ago to him, you may be railroaded out of this job awful fast. Well, and see, I look, I don't, you get a
0: feeling. Let me connect the dots here. Number one, you said it, he's getting bad advice. Secondly, if I was going to be called on a carpet, to talk about something relative to this radio show, radio show and they wanted me to bring Shane B. am going to I'm gonna drag him along, hooked to my ankles with an ankle chain, if that's what they wanted, because we don't have anything to hide. If, and secondly, they could always say, because of an ongoing OIG investigation... Oh, yeah, that's the oldest dodge in the that's book. That's the oldest dodge in the book.
1: Oh, yeah, we get that all the time. Well, we can't really comment we on can't that talk because about there's it. We an ongoing, ongoing
0: investigation. investigation. Well...
1: So the Secret Service chief did say that they're changing their procedures on surveillance video. It'll now be saved for a week instead of just 72 hours. The The committee, the House Oversight Committee, did play, and I, I put a link uh, to this YouTube video up on my Twitter feed, at Jamie Dupree, if you follow me on Twitter. They got some surveillance video from the Washington, D.C. police that had a camera on, uh, I think it's 15th Street, right near the White House. So they were able over in the corner, you can see the agents coming back from their party and how they try to drive around this barricade. They sort of nudge the barrel out of the way with the front bumper of their car. It was certainly not a crash, as the Secret Service chief pointed out. But it certainly was two different crime scenes that were involved there. One a bomb threat, uh, one an assault against an officer that had occurred from the the woman who threw the package that supposedly was a bomb. So yeah, again, and I, you've got. And the thing about this is, you've got members in both, it's not just Republicans who are harping on the Secret Service as sort of a, an extension of partisan fights with the Obama administration or something like that. This is Democrats coming down hard on the Secret Service chief again today, and this has just not been a pretty, it's a third time in a week for the secret service chief and yet it just seems like he's being dragged by the congress they're trying to drag anything out of him just to get any information and that he's refusing to do that president in meeting with the leader of
0: Afghanistan first what's the situation with Afghanistan and did they have some obje- did they have some objectives for this meeting
1: oh i'm sure they do i mean we're starting to get the the feeling that the us is again backpedaling on the the absolute withdrawal of U.S. military forces by the end of this year. That seems to be uh, delayed again by the administration. And frankly, there's an awful lot of lawmakers. who That's just fine with them, especially on the Republican side. For Democrats, that's not what they want to hear from this administration. I think like Iraq, there's an awful lot of Democrats who believe that Barack Obama was elected to, A, end the war in Iraq, bring home U.S. troops and do the same in Afghanistan. But there's a lot of unsettled feelings up here, and the troubles in Yemen have only sort of added to that, that a lot of Republicans look at what's gone on there that was being touted by the administration months ago as being a very good example of how their diplomacy and efforts were succeeding. And now, of course, U.S. military personnel and State Department personnel have all had to be pulled out of that country. Rand Paul is expected
0: to make an announcement on the 7th of April. Do you think he's going to stick with that schedule?
1: Yeah, it seems like it. I just saw this morning that he's also uh, scheduled some stuff in Iowa on the 10th, so that tells me, you know, make your announcement in Kentucky and then start going around to maybe New Hampshire and Iowa. Uh, Ted Cruz, of course, yesterday didn't really do that. He, he went up to New York City last night, is what I understand, to do some fundraising last night. He missed uh, one of the uh, only vote in the Senate yesterday. He got a lot of good play uh, yesterday, obviously, and there was a lot of talk here in D.C. last night as well about Hillary Clinton at the briefing yesterday at about 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, the AP reporter asked at the briefing, so is Hillary Clinton meeting today with the president? And the answer was, well, we can't really give you any news on the (laughs) president's schedule... And then lo and behold, there was a meeting later in the day. You know, it it definitely brings up something, Herman. You you know, sooner or later, the White House is not going to be able to uh, give us the Heisman, in a sense, and stiff arm reporters. (laughs) Because uh, that, that, you know, Hillary Clinton meeting with the president is a pretty big news deal. It's not just some, it's not just anybody, especially if she's going to run for the White House and all signs pointing that way. I would think in the next few weeks. After Easter, after Rand Paul, there's bound to be other Republicans who are going to decide to officially get in the race. They oh, don't yeah. want to sit back and watch other people raise money officially while they're still on the sideline. Because if Rand Paul
0: does announce on the 7th of April, then he and Cruz are going to get all of the press sure. about the Republican nominees. So it's going to cause some of the others probably to move up their announcement date. Yeah,
1: and think about it, too, real quick. You don't want to announce, like, the next day or two days later. You probably want to wait a week, and then you start getting into that game of musical chairs. Who's going to be next? Exactly. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman
0: Cain Show. Delivering trusted solutions, solutions for a better America. He's telling America what we need to hear and helping activate everyone in the right direction. Herman Cain. Coming up. Rapid Fire, 877-310-2100.